Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and very thankful always when you join me and take an hour out of your day just to really listen to maybe some encouraging, inspiring, helpful, supportive words from a friend, one friend to another, right? I mean, this is kind of tough down here. We always are talking about that, but I want to reiterate that, that if you've had a really hard last week, then hopefully, and I'm prayerfully saying this, that this show today will get your week started out on the right foot and that you will have some new energy and some new encouragement and some new hope. And we talked last week a lot about, you know, stop trying so hard. Are you trying so hard to, to be somebody instead of recognizing that you are of value simply because you were created, because you were made, because you are you, and there is no other one but you. You can't be replicated. You are one of a kind. And so it's really imperative that we recognize this concept, this godly concept that really started this whole great story that God has in that he wanted family, he wanted friends, and he created us. And he made sure that each and every one of us was unique. That way we can't really compete with each other. We do compete, absolutely. But really nobody can do me better and nobody can do as bad as I can do when it comes to me. So this is really helpful when we are understanding inherent value. And when we understand that our value is guaranteed. And I gave you the analogy of the $100 bill last week. And I want to remind you that when you understand value is inherent and that we are not the ones that have decided that we are a value. God has decided that. Now, we can go along with God. We can accept that truth. We can live in that truth, which I'm telling you is a much better place to live. But we're not the ones that created value in humans. God instilled that in every single human. Every part of his creation is valuable to him. So when you think of $100, it doesn't really matter whether it's torn, shredded, really, really old, crumpled up, spit on, found in the trash, used to buy drugs, used to get a prostitute, whatever that $100 bill has been used for, wherever it has gone, whatever hands have held it, whoever has touched it might be able to affect the outside of it, but can't change the value. So whatever this world has done to you, it can't take away your value. Whatever this world tells you, it can't take away your value. Think how silly it would be if you had a $100 bill and you were convinced by somebody. They told you, why don't you just give me that, that bill? I'll take it off your hands. It's really only worth a dollar. Yeah, it says 100 but in today's economy, it's really not worth that. Why don't you hand it over to me? I'll take care of it for you. It would be ridiculous if we believed someone telling us that it was not of any value. So I'm driving this point home. Because I really, really want you to walk out of your door every day 
understanding that you bring great value to God's world in only the way you can. And that he's counting on you and he's depending on you and he's very, very happy with you. Because if God had to decide from any given day, one day to the next, whether or not he was happy with me, I think there'd probably be more days he wasn't. And so he just decided as soon as he made me, he knew everything about me. He knew every moment of every day. He knew every mistake I would make. He knew every success I would have. He knew all the things I would miss out on, all the ways that maybe I would be immoral or unethical, and all the ways that maybe I might be healing and supportive to his people. And he decided he wanted to go forward with me. He's not waiting to see if it was worth it that he created me. He's not waiting to see well, I hope she gets it together because I'm not sure if I really am glad I made her. That's not how he thinks. As soon as he created me, knowing the future, he went forward with me. I need to go forward with God. So if he's willing to go forward with me and take risks on me, I need to take risks on him and go forward with him. So we're going to talk today about really being the best you, the best version of you that I strive each day to be my own best version. Not somebody else's version, not the version somebody else wants me to be, but trying every day to hit the mark and be the version God had in mind when he created me. That I live up to that idea. Because that one I know really is kind of possible. So he's wanting to be, me to be a good version of myself. I can't be anybody else. So I might as well really just take hold of that, embrace that, not fight with it, and simply say, okay, God, you made me Cynthia. What is Cynthia like? What does she do? What is she supposed to be like? What are realistic expectations of her? How does she heal? How does she grow? How does she learn? What kind of endurance does she have? When does she need to rest? And this is what humans do with their little babies. They learn them. And hopefully learn them well enough to help teach that little child who they are. But we know that we're raised by imperfect people. But I do believe that parents do the best they can. I don't know why they wouldn't do the best they could. And sometimes the best they've got isn't very good. But we have a perfect father and the parents we have here are temporary. So we really want to say, if my parents didn't know me, didn't get me, didn't appreciate me, didn't want me, didn't like me, approve of me, whatever it was, well, I guess they'll have to talk to God about that someday. The bottom line is, that's why we grow up. We don't spend the rest of our life with our mom and dad. We grow up. And we grow into knowing that God is our father. And that's who we answer to. So you go to your creator and say, I want to be the best version of me. What did you make me to be? And I want to constantly be updating that version. So it's this fun, foundational, fundamental principles. I use these every day in my office. And they're like building blocks for being a high-functioning person, which really allows you to enjoy your life and to enjoy others more regularly. And it decreases the huge highs and the huge lows which can be very exhausting to you and to others. I'm sure you understand that. And if we practice these principles, if we integrate them, 
what will happen is that you will enable yourself to be available and to be able to handle more success and be more consistent. So let's say this, first and foremost, to be my own best version and have all the benefits I just spoke to you about, right? You must be an adult. See, children in adult bodies really don't make good decisions. And they don't have the endurance and the tolerance that adults need for the adult world. So first and foremost, we need to not be a little person in a big body. Because little people in big bodies are actually are quite dangerous as well. And they're quite hurtful. And they're not very dependable. And they're very scared. And they're very worried. And they're very sensitive. So many people think that we're adults because we do adult tasks, or because we own things, or we have children, or because we're aging. But see, actually, being a real adult really is a choice. And it requires mastery of self. And it's always revealed by the level of self-control a person exhibits and possesses. So I want to read this verse to you. This is John chapter 17, verse 15. First one, and this is the, the NIV or the NASB. And so it says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. See, let me, let's think about this. Jesus is saying to the Lord, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but you, that you protect them from the evil one. Now, adults are able to be in the world and changed because they are managing their internal world. So they're not needing necessarily the external world to bring out good things in them because they are bringing good things to the external world because their internal world is working. Now, that's a big statement because my internal world is not always working. But that's part of what I strive to do because I don't want to be a little kid in a big body. And I want to be in the world and to either have it change me in a healthy way or refuse to be changed by the world. And I do that by managing my internal world. And so let's look at Matthew chapter 5, 16. This says, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. See, our lights shine from within. And the world cannot diminish it or increase it or create it or destroy it. Now, the world may not accept it. It may ignore it. may not be interested in it. But that really is God's problem. That's not your problem. That's not my problem. My problem is if I'm willing to let the light inside of me shine. And so I don't want to be that person that shines because the world shines on me. And so this is really important that we understand that one of the things that God does with light is reveals darkness. So many times God shines a light on me and it might reveal some things I was hoping nobody would see. But this is part of character development. This is the part that parents do. That's their job. So when I grow up, I parent myself. This is what God does with us. This is our relationship. This is not the world's job to parent us and to bring out the best version of us. That's not the world's job. The world needs us to come into the world and bring light into the world and health and peace and love and joy, perseverance, tolerance, forbearance, 
acceptance. See, we get it backwards. We grow up and we think the world owes us something. Actually, God created you because you owe the world something. You owe the world him. You owe the world to show the world who you are, why God has made you, and what God has done with you in your life and what he does through you. That is what is owed. When God gave you a life and then he has saved you for eternity, the way we honor God is we give the world something, something to take home, something to hold on to, something to be encouraged by. This is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about being your own best version. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Haya, and you're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. All the shows are on that site, also on 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio. It is also, you can find me on that website as well, and many of the other um, apps and different podcasts. And we are working really diligently on getting all of these podcasts organized on different platforms so that you can listen to the one that you enjoy the most. So we are talking about being your own best version and what that means. And we talked just at the very end about really being an adult and that God has created us for something, to do something. And it doesn't have to be measured in the eyes of the world as to what is really spectacular, what is nothing. Because everything that we do for God is something. And we're going to find out when we get to heaven, when we stand before him, how close we came to what we really were intended to do. And the rewards that he gives us and how proud he is of us. Now listen, if you're, if you're in heaven, he's going to be proud of you that you simply got there. I promise. Because he knows it's really tough down here. So you accepting him, you letting him live through you, that's a big deal. So I don't want you to be weighing and measuring yourself all day, every day, and determining whether or not you are valuable or worth something to God. He's already established your worth by dying for you. What better way to tell you how worthy and valuable you are to him than to die for you so that he could be with you forever? And that's a big concept. Who wants to be with somebody forever, right? Well, God wants to be with you forever. That's how valuable you are to him. So in this verse that we read in, in John chapter 17, uh, verse 15, when Jesus is saying, hey, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one, not even necessarily protect them from the world, but protect them from the enemy of their soul. See, we as adults are able to be in the world and change the world versus be in the world and be changed and transformed by the world. And that only happens if we have that internal world, that source that we go to that guides us and directs us versus looking to the world for our answers. So when we look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, this is a tree and its fruits. This says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Now, you may find this strange, but I want you to know this is kind of what immature people are like, ravenous wolves. 
little people in big bodies are very needy. And when we have an adult that's needy, like a child, it's ravenous. We never can give them enough. Everything they have is never enough. They're constantly chasing the wind, constantly chasing, tracking down, purchasing, buying, acquiring, trying to get that internal world to feel safe and secure. And so this is a great example of children in adult bodies. Now, I'm not saying that all adults like this are characterologically unsafe or narcissistic, but immaturity is a great form of narcissism. And it can be really confusing. But immaturity damages people, relationships, and organizations. And so in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, it says, Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, how can we do this well if we're children? How can we go out into the world if we are children? Now, I'm not talking childlike. I'm talking that I have a mind of a child, that I have the expectations that a child has, that I have the tolerance that a child has, that I have the judgment of a child. See, I understand the concept of, you know, this quote-unquote out of the mouth of babes, right? However, it's very precious, but it's not safe for children to have a burden like this when it's an adult edict. See, God's depending on us to grow up to steward his world well, to love his world and to become his children and live in this world as bona fide adults. This is very, very important. See, principles that adults master, one of the hallmarks of an adult is that they are not necessarily self-centered. See, children are self-centered for a reason. That's how they survive. And they grow out of self-centeredness to thrive and take care of others. And so what we also see with adults versus children is, is this certain level of tolerance. And I'm not saying that we're tolerating bad behavior for a great length of time. I'm not saying that we're tolerating sin, these types of things. What I'm saying is that I have the tolerance to handle being misunderstood that I have the tolerance to handle being misperceived. I have the tolerance to be in relationship with hurtful people because hurt is different than harm. People are going to hurt my feelings, and unfortunately, I'm going to hurt their feelings. But adults handle hurt differently than children. Children perceive hurt as if it's harmful. It's kind of like if you go and you work out really hard and you haven't worked out for quite a while and all of your muscles hurt. Well, you don't go to the doctor because you think you're injured, right? You're just sore. The exercise that you did took a lot out of your body. Well, I go out into the world, I come home, sometimes I'm really sore. It was a lot of exercising. It was a lot of straining. It was a lot of reaching. It was a lot of tolerance that I had to practice maybe in that day. But that doesn't mean it was harmful. So adults understand the difference between a fragile ego and a strong ego. And I'm not talking about being egotistical. I'm talking about egocentric, okay? Self-centered people have very fragile egos. So we have to prop them up all the time. 
We have to make sure that we give them everything that they need so that we get the best behavior out of them. Think about rock stars, right? Make sure we have the exact kind of drink they want, the right food, the right atmosphere, the right temperature, the right this, the right that, so we get a great performance from them. Well, I'm all for setting people up to succeed. That's not what we're talking about. But if you can't handle that someone doesn't like you, for whatever reason, if you can't handle when someone tells you the truth about how they feel when they're with you, now I'm not saying that they're doing it in a harmful way. That's not acceptable. What I'm saying is that we have to be able to handle the fact that maybe not everybody likes us all the time. Not everybody's enthralled with us. Maybe we've let someone down. And the healthiest thing we can do, the strongest egoed people are always able to apologize. People with strong egos know the truth, and they handle the truth. When they fail, they know they failed. They don't get mad at everybody else for failing. They might get mad at themselves for a while. But they take responsibility for what they did, especially the effects their mistake had on people. That's the hallmark of an adult. So when we're understanding the difference between hurt and harm, this is a, about a level of sensitivity. Now, if anybody, if any of you know me, you know I'm a very sensitive person. That doesn't mean I have a fragile ego. That means I take things seriously. It means things move me easily. I don't like to hurt people's feelings. I don't like to, I, I don't want to harm anyone. But I will hurt someone's feelings if I need to talk about the truth. This is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about the hallmark of a grown adult. Well, good afternoon and welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. If you're just joining in, here we are at the half hour. We have another half hour to go and I'm so glad that you joined me. So I want you to know that you can see so many things on the website. We have blogs, we have lots of uh, social media as well, and all the radio shows are on the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Make sure you check that out. Love to hear your comments and I so appreciate the messages that you send me. And if you ever have a, an idea for a show, if you ever have some kind of question that you have or content that you would like me to talk about, I love to do that. So we are, today are talking about being truly your best version. Because last week, we spent that time really talking about not trying so hard. You don't have to prove that you have worth and value. You simply have to own it that you are valuable. You are wanted. You are loved. Even if everybody at every moment of the day doesn't show you great love and doesn't tell you how, how valuable you are. The value is inherent. You can't get rid of it. Now you can walk in it and accept it and enjoy it, or you can constantly strive to think you're going to increase your value. And humans don't increase their value. They either are valuable or they are not. But that doesn't mean that I don't increase my effect if I'm having a positive effect on the world or have a negative effect and take from the world around me. So as we understand what it means to be a true adult, because the more adult you are, the more you will truly understand and walk in your own value. You won't have to be proving it. 
and you won't have to be trying to attain it or achieve it. You'll just be simply walking out the value God has given you and what you can bring, what only you can bring to the world. So we talked in the last segment about this issue of tolerance and, and fragile egos versus having a very strong ego. And a strong ego really can handle the fact that maybe somebody doesn't like me or doesn't like what I'm doing or might not even be interested in my idea. They may not even approve of me. But if I have a strong ego, my ego has everything to do with my identity and who God has made me to be. And he's the one that determines worth and value. And he's the one that made me. He's the one that knows me. He's the one that I'm really ultimately answering to. So when we look at the arena of having a strong ego, that means that I have the ability to understand dependency, independency, interdependency, all these different things, and that there are five arenas that adults have to manage and maintain. And that's their physical health, their emotional, psychological health, intellectual realm, their intellectual health, their spiritual realm and health, and their social realm. So imagine a world in which every adult simply took care of themselves, managed themselves, monitored themselves, consequenced themselves if necessary, really studied, watched themselves, and had truly an honest inventory themselves. Everyone would be the best version of themselves. That would be an amazing world. Well, I think that's going to be heaven, but we can have a version of that here if we're willing to be the adult version of God's design. Now, that may need some, mean we, that we need some reparenting. And what does reparenting mean? What do we do when we are reparenting ourselves? Well, only adults can reparent themselves. And it means that I create that internal world inside of me that is more livable, that is encouraging that is truthful, that really adheres to qualities of honor and value and honesty, love and kindness and courtesy, that I do those things that are going to cause me to be proud of myself. See, I don't, I don't like when I'm not proud of myself. I don't like that feeling. When I've, when I've done something, I'm like, dang, I don't like that. I don't like that I did that. See, the better that I manage me, the more I parent me, the less anybody has to do that for me, the less consequences I have to experience because I make wiser choices. And so when I take responsibility for me, I claim me. I don't hate me. I don't judge me. I don't dismiss myself. I don't talk down to myself. I have a, a kind internal world that just simply tells me the truth, but not in a brutal manner that I'm on my own side. I'm not going to abandon myself. And I'm not trying to get needs met from other people that really are supposed to be being met by myself because I am an adult. So it can sound kind of lonely, but actually it's a lot less lonely than living as a little kid in an adult body, always needing to be cared for, cared about, guided, directed, reinforced, supported. That's a hard way to live as an adult. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we really talk about what self-regulation is 
managing self is, and really the benefits. This is Cynthia Hyatt. Join me in the next segment. Well, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And we are talking about being your own best version. Because last week we talked a lot about, you know, stop trying so hard. You can't increase or decrease your value. What you can do is increase or decrease your effectiveness, whether or not you like yourself. But you really can't make anybody feel anything. And so being your own best version means that I can live with me, that I don't hate me, that I can enjoy myself, that I can know that, wow, God, you made me for a reason. Some days I do it better than others, but that he sees me of great value, that I'm not trying to get my value from other people or from places or things, that I'm recognizing that I am valuable whether you recognize it or not, that you can't change whether or not I'm valuable. You can do behaviors that are devaluing to me, but that's kind of like, you know, spitting on a $100 bill, okay? So it's kind of gross, but it's still worth $100. So really recognizing that when I am claiming myself, taking responsibility for myself, willing to attach to myself, willing to care for myself, which I'm telling you is not really f- very fun sometimes. It really isn't. That's a really adult job is to, to take care of you. See, little kids, they love being taken care of. We take care of our pets and our children, employees a lot of times. But when you think about this, if I'm taking really good care of me, then I am not a burden to others. And I'm not saying that I haven't been sick at times, I haven't been, I've been injured, And people have come and cared for me. And it was wonderful to be cared for. But they cared for me because I was compromised, not because I wasn't caring for myself. So this is imperative that we really claim ourselves, that we're recognizing we are with ourselves 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and then we'll go into eternity and be with ourselves forever. So when we think about being a true adult, what you'll recognize is that adults, true adults, have a personal code that they're committed to. They don't violate it, even if society or organizations or friends will tolerate it or allow it. They have their own code. They say, yeah, you may be okay with me doing it, but I'm not okay with me doing it, and I have to wake up every day with me. I can't get away from myself. So I need to be the person that I want to be with. See, adults don't change their value system to fit the environment they're in. They bring a value system with them everywhere they go. Think about Jesus. He had an internal value system that everywhere he goes, there he was. He was the same everywhere he went. He did not let whatever people group he was interacting with determine what the rules for that day were going to be. So I carry it with me. That's what adults do. What we do for children is teach them rules and hold them accountable for them. But adults carry them within them. So even if I can get away with something and nobody sees it, guess what? I see it. 
I can't get away from me. I see it. I know I did it. Or I know I thought it. I know I felt it. I know what I have done. And the best way to have internal peace, really have true peace, and not trying to get peace from the outside world, is to be at peace with me. And how do I be at peace with me? I live out my value system. I don't betray myself. So adults, you you have to understand, adults don't get in trouble. You can't get in trouble as an adult. You can experience consequences, though. Children get in trouble because adults consequence children. See, what we have with God is we are his children, but he's no longer doing the Old Testament. He gave us the rules. He gave us the code. He gave us the wisdom, and he's available to us 24 hours a day, seven days a week if we want some help, but he's not going to enforce anything. Man, sometimes I wish he did. I really do, but I know that's really not the best plan. So adults can do whatever they want to do. No one's going to make you do anything. But that's not how kids feel. This is why it's so important for you to recognize, wow, I really can do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it, however I want to do it. The one thing I can't choose, though, I can't always choose the consequences. So I can drink and drive. Who's going to stop me? But I may have to experience the consequence of that. I can be really mean to my employee and devalue her every day. I can do that. No one's going to stop me. But she may quit. Right? And I may be facing God one day about all of those things, and he's going to talk to me about all those choices that I made. Now, I know that I'm going to stand before God, and I'm going to have a whole bunch of stuff I have to talk to him about, and then I'm going to have to explain, and maybe I can't explain it. So I want to go with less things to talk about. I want to do the best I can down here while I'm here. I want to have less that I have to deal with up there. I want to please my Father in heaven. I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. I want him to be proud of me. I want him to be glad he made me. And thankfully, he is. Because thankfully, his love is not contingent on my behavior, because we would have some trouble. If he was only loving me when I was good, we might have some trouble. But he's loving me always. Now, what he's wanting me to do is understand that if I live the way he's asking me to live, I will enjoy myself better. And when I enjoy myself better, other people enjoy me as well. So a personal value system is a set of principles or ideals that are going to drive you, that guide your behavior. So let's go back to that verse in John 17, verse 15, where Jesus says, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. He didn't even say, My prayer is that you don't take them out of the world, but you protect them from the world. No, Jesus didn't say that. He said, I just want you to protect them from the evil one the evil one, which is Satan, the enemy of our soul. See, adults are able to live in the world because they're managing their internal world and they're not changed in a derogatory way by the world. They carry their value system with them. And whether or not it's respected, whether or not it's appreciated or celebrated, they're going to live out their value system because at the end of the day, they go home to themselves. 
at the end of the day, they're going home to God. They're not going to be answering to their neighbor. That's not how it works, right? So we want to really recognize what is that personal value system? And I recommend that if you don't know it off the top of your head, you might want to spend some time really saying, what is my code of ethics? What are the rules I have for me? What am I allowed to do? What do I say no to? What do I say yes to? How do I affect other people? Because your personal value system gives you structure and purpose. And it helps you determine what's meaningful, what's important to you. It's extremely helpful in making decisions. It's similar to a map. So imagine how explorers felt, right? They were going places nobody had ever been before. They didn't know what was coming. They didn't know what they were going to be facing. But they did know survival skills. And they took everything with them they thought they might need. So this is imperative that we say to ourselves, you know what, God? You're going to give me a value system, but then I'm going to also add to that value system what is personal to me, what is about my unique makeup. Because there are some things for me that are very important that I do that maybe other people don't need to do. There are some things that I can do that others cannot do. I have to know me the same way that I know children. I have to know me well enough to know what is how, the best thing for me and how I take good care of me. And this helps me structure my life. And it helps me to then, in any given circumstance, I have a template, I have a map of how to maneuver through it. I don't try to figure it out as I go along. It's very, very imperative for any successful adult to have a code, an ethic, an ethical code to have a value system that you are very clear and very aware of, that you are very able to take a stand on. That even if someone says to you, well, that's stupid. Well, I don't know what, you're just being too strict with yourself. Or if someone says, well, you're going to go to hell for that one. You need to be able to answer to yourself and answer to others as to why that's your code. So if you're unaware or you become disconnected from your values, then you're going to end up making choices out of impulse or instant gratification. And you're not going to be making choices based on solid reasoning and on responsible decision making. So your values define your character. Have you ever heard someone referred to as, wow, that person has great character. They can really be trusted. If they said it, I know they'll do it. Or have you heard someone described as character logical? Like, wow, I wouldn't trust them as far as I throw them, could throw them, right? So this is what you want to think about. Your values define your character. That map, that template of a value system either helps you be more of who God has made you to be or takes you farther off course of who God has originally designed for you to be. Values define every aspect of our life. It, it, it affects our personal and work behaviors. It affects our interactions with our family, with our friends, with our coworkers. It's a part of my decision-making process. And it is the thing that helps direct me, gives me direction in my life. This is why it's so important to you that you know 
that you are of value and what you value. You need to know what you value and what takes precedence in your life so that you don't transgress your own value system. One of the worst things adults do is when they betray themselves. Nobody likes to shock themselves. Nobody likes to go, I can't believe I did that. That was the stupidest thing I've ever done. How am I going to overcome that? That's a lot of what my job is about, is that people cannot seem to get their value system or who they want to be, who they think they should be, synced up with who they are being on that any given day. Or they're having to forgive themselves for really betraying themselves in some way or embarrassing themselves or their friends or their family. But this is what humans do. So God is big enough to handle any, any of that. So we are coming up to the end, and we are going to really talk next week about these different categories of your own personal value system. And I want you to be thinking this week, what is a value to me? And you don't have to explain it or justify it to anybody. What you have to do is say, if that's a value to me, then I need to live as if it is a value to me. If other people appreciate it, great. If they don't, I have to live with myself. I have to go home to myself every day. I'm with myself 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I will be with me in eternity. So I might as well make peace with myself and do the things that help me enjoy being with me. So we're going to talk about personal values next week, spiritual values, family values, career values, and we're going to talk about values as social beings. What do you find as desirable in the social world, in the social aspect of your life, no matter what the tradition you were brought up in? Because this is an, er an area of integrity. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much again for joining me today. And I'll talk to you next week when we talk more about your personal value system. Now be your own best version. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.